KBLA Talk 1580. Good morning and God bless. I'm Dominique DePrima. This show is called First Things First. My first thing today and every day, giving thanks, giving praises, and asking for blessings from God, asking for the blessings of the ancestors and the elders, and getting it started. Good morning. Happy Friday. Okay, so this is how we do this show. Hour one, we typically do left coast. What's happening on this side of town around where you be at, your neighborhood, your city, uh, your county. Hour two, we go national, international, and beyond. And in the third hour, we do a deep dive with a person or persons of interest or a hot topic. And Fridays, we're flipping the script just a little bit. So if you want to do freestyle phones on Fridays, I recommend you do it in the first hour because we have something called Friedman Fridays. We rolled it out two weeks ago. Um, no, one week ago. Wow. Yeah. I, it, people have been talking about it. So that's a good thing. We rolled it out last, uh, one week ago today. Um, we will do that and we will be doing that every Friday in the second hour of the show. It is meant to invite all comers in to be a comprehensive reparations conversation. Let's put it on the table. Let's find out what's going on. You are in fact invited in to argue or celebrate or fellowship or build. All of those are welcome. We are keeping the momentum going on reparations. We're making sure you know the players, the talking points in all of the activity around this very, very important historical juncture that we find ourselves at. That being the opportunity to finally get some reparations for the descendants of enslaved persons in this country. Of course, it's a worldwide movement, but Freedman Friday focuses on what's going on in the USA. Um, and of course, how it relates to everything else, but we are focused on reparations. How do we get this across the finish line? You are welcome in every hour. Every hour while I'm on the mic um, is a good time to call 800-920-1580. Whether we have a guest or whether we don't, whether you agree or whether you disagree, love to have you in. Um, really robust conversation with Chris Lodgson uh, on Wednesday, even though it wasn't a Friedman Friday. And if you missed it, you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. That's the thing with our shows. They're available for free wherever you get your podcast. So if you missed one and you want to get caught up or you or you just want to hear it again, <laughs> find them on our app, which you could get on your phone for free. Um, it's KBLA 1580, KBLA 1580. Radio station is an app and you can listen for free to me, to Tavis, to Areva. Our shows are available on your phone. You can find them wherever you get your podcasts or you can check on YouTube, youtube.com. Um, same thing, KBLA 1580. That's where we're streaming right now. That's where you can see my, uh, <clears throat> tribute to Greg G, my shock G, my digital underground representing. Thank you, Money B for the open to our show. And if you want to be like me <laughs> and floss your DU, go to dumerch.com. It's really nice, really nice stuff. No, I don't get a kickback. I just, uh, you know, love my Bay Area family, and uh, I'm appreciative for the love they've shown to me by giving me an amazing open, uh, produced my my brother, uh, Alexander Marlowe. Okay, so believe it or not, it's still sort of a busy day around here. 
Why do I say, believe it or not? I don't know. It's Friday. I'm a little punchy. But um, we got some folks uh, joining us first thing on First Things First because there's so much goodness going on um, in arts and culture here locally in Los Angeles. And I think it's important, especially in tough times. Uh, the, For example, we heard about the Talented Tenth uh, this year, directed by Ben Guillory uh, this week, written by Richard Wesley. That's opening Saturday night. I will be there. Should be an amazing, powerful, and politically um, enlightening show. And we have um, another great artistic endeavor um, kicking off this weekend, unveiling this weekend um, as part of the L.A. versus Hate Summer of Solidarity. Not just a solidarity in labor, but solidarity in uh, neighborhoods, in cultures, ethnicities, and uh, agendas. So... Um, here to let us know about that. We have uh, Brittany Price. She's a fine artist and muralist doing what she calls impact visual commentary on current events. Uh, Brittany Price, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. And <laughs> yeah, we're excited to have you on. We also have um, Stacy Hill Williams. She's EVP of the Brotherhood Crusade, um, a, co- a community-based organization uh, making an impact also on uh, in so many different uh, social justice areas. Uh, Stacy Hill Williams. Good morning. Hi, good morning to you, Dominique. Good to hear you. Good to be with you this morning. It's a little chilly, but so happy to be here. And they say we don't have seasons in Los Angeles. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> it's sweatshirt and tank top. Those are our two seasons. Uh, we're also yes, that's it. We're also joined by um a place-based strategist from the Willowbrook Inclusion Network, Reginald Johnson. Welcome. Good morning, everyone. Uh, this is a great way to start today, and uh, happy that you have us on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I guess um, I'll start with you, Brittany, because the centerpiece okay. of what we're talking about um, is a piece of work that you will be unveiling. So talk to me about, you know, this piece um, and and also your intersection, your work at the intersection of art and activism. Yes. Wow. What a question. Um, this has been such a, I'm, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm within my fifth year of, of creating artwork publicly. And this mural has been such a beautiful experience. From um, We started off in a community uh, roundtable where we workshopped ideas, including Stacey as well as uh, Reggie, where they're guiding um the thought process and the design behind this project and the theme overall theme was Sankofa and really looking towards uh, Willowbrook's history and uh, all those things, all of the figures uh, as well as Paul, let's see, digging into the history. I really thought about Velma Grant and I was really inspired by her story as well as her collaboration with Paul uh, Rizzo Williams and, um, and so we wanted to incorporate the idea of restoring the legacy um, of the original intentions behind Willowbrook. And um, 
I'm just really excited to share it with you all. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. Sankofa, for those not familiar, some people say go back and get it or looking back to move forward. Um, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, a, it's a beautiful and important concept. It's kind of like the opposite of make America great again. It doesn't mean go back to to go backwards. It means go back to make progress by, um, you know, getting the lessons and the knowledge of, of our ancestors, um, and ancestral communities. Mm-hmm. Loving that. Yeah. Uh, um, let's Stacy Hill Williams. Why, um, why is the brotherhood crusade connected, uh, to this mural project, which, which will be unveiled as I understand it this weekend? Yes, a- absolutely. Um, the brotherhood crusade, um, as you said, Dominique, we're, we are 55 years young, and we believe that um, Los Angeles can be a, a safe, thriving, culturally relevant um, community that facilitates equitable access to everybody. And being part of LA versus Hate and this initiative and uplifting um, our ancestry, and as you said with Sankofa, the Sankofa bird's feet are planted forward, but his head is looking back. And it's not to go backwards. It's to uplift our strength and to move forward. And what we do with all of our uh, different organizations and bringing folks together um, with these anti-hate campaigns is, is just so, so critical right now. And to bring our families and our youth into this space and to look at this beautiful creation um, that was evolved from the workshops that we had. And Brittany created and designed this beautiful um, image to life is just absolutely incredible. And for Brotherhood Crusade, um, being that, that advocate, that shining light in the African-American community, um, it was just a great fit to be a part of this. Yeah, I mean, and who knew we'd be at such a moment Well, it's been such a moment for quite a while, really, since 2020, Mm -hmm. where this idea of solidarity, unity, and in L.A. versus hate, like taking on hate, um, would be Mm -hmm. more important than ever at this particular moment that we are in right now on the global stage. And here you are in in Willowbrook, um, you know, making this, this massive statement against hate. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I guess um, I don't, we'll start with um, what is a place-based strategist? Those sound like those, you know, nonprofit <laughs> word salads. What you, um, not, not, no disrespect, Mr. Johnson, but it, it reminds me of when I used to be on the Steve Harvey morning show and he'd say, so you go to work and you do what? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Johnson, you there? Share yeah, share with us what, what what it is that you actually do and and what and and um how it fits into this particular um scenario. Great question. I, I get that question a lot. So, I bet. um place right uh, place based strategy is actually uh, a strategy of community development and urban planning. Right. So. We look at the built environment, we look at infrastructure investments, and we use those in our community, things that have already been there and that are being improved to coordinate and, you know, redistribute those resources so community could 
have more impact and value from that financial you know investment. And how does that apply here to this um, this event that, by the way, we'll we'll give you when we come forward the four one one on how you can be there and be part of it and get involved in this celebration. But explain to me your piece of this puzzle. Okay, so Willowbrook um, is an unincorporated area of the second district of LA County. So we sit right in between Compton and Watts. And over the last, I want to say, four to five years, there's been uh, over $2 billion of investment, um, health disparities, open green spaces, transportation, prevention and intervention. These type of things have been invested in. And there wasn't a lot of community-driven projects or community-led projects. And so the Willowbrook Inclusion Network literally is, hey, we're the Willowbrook community that want to be included into this larger network that's happening uh, to have more input and have these things really work better for the people that are stakeholders to the community. Yeah, well, I mean, that's been one of the, you know, kind of quiet hot topics, right, is what's happening in the Watts-Willowbrook area with all of this building that's going on and people wondering, will we, you know, will we be included at all? Will we... Um, be pushed out, uh, and as you mentioned, what is our what is our voice in this? Do we have say so? Uh, so it sounds like you're tackling that. Um, and how does? Oh, well, you know what? Let Let's look at this when we come forward. I mean, I always say this, but you know, of course, I do. It's my dad, my father, um, Amiri Baraka, the late uh, poet and activist, was the founder of the black arts movement and sort of the foundation of that is about how art is part of social justice, how art does uh, make change. And, and, you know, it's interesting. We see that going on with what you're doing. We see it with destination Crenshaw. What is the, what do you think the impact of a mural or community a celebration, this kind of thing. What is the impact that you hope to make on the Willowbrook community? And uh, how can we be down? That's next on KBLA Talk 1580. More of First Things First with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. Your ancestors' favorite radio station. Radio station. And your favorite morning show host. Let's get back to Dominique DePrima right now. Right now. Right now, right now. We're talking Willowbrook uh, right now. And for those who aren't familiar, L.A. versus Hate is a countywide anti-hate initiative um, that's, uh, you know, meant to help us build solidarity and help us uh, learn how to take on hate. There's an anti-hate reporting line. There's community-based providers that are all involved in what we've seen, which is, you know, this rise in hate crime specifically here in Los Angeles. And as always, the number one uh, victims of that are typically black people. Um, This particular initiative uh, is part of LA versus hate. The solid summer of solidarity mural, even though it's fall <laughs> by now. But let's get the the basic basics. Uh, Stacy Hill Williams of the Brotherhood Crusade. The what, when, uh, who, where, why? Like, how can we be down? So we look to see everybody this Saturday tomorrow at the Willowbrook Senior Citizen Center. 
at 12915 Jarvis Avenue to help us unveil this beautiful, beautiful mural. And as Dominique said, um, this is the fifth and final mural unveiling uh, with the Summer of Solidarity, but also it's the beginning of United versus Hate Week, which is um, uh, all organizations in the LA versus Hate Network coming together, having different events um, all week long. So make sure you go to the LA versus Hate website to check out all the events happening. And I also, Dominique, if I can give a shout out to Terry Via McDowell, she has been instrumental and just a cornerstone of the LA versus hate, um, anti-hate program. And I got to give a shout out to my amazing president and CEO, Sharice Bremont Weaver. My friend. (laughs) I love me some Sharice. Yeah, she does a great job. Absolutely. And on Friday, which is the last day of um, United versus Hate Week, Brotherhood Crusade is having a Thanksgiving grab and go at Algin Sutton Park, um, November 17th from 10 to 1.30, giving out 1,500 turkeys, all the sides, gift cards. So I want all my folks to come out. <laughs> now, I, I remember that. It's, it's always a great event. Um, is that is it still drive-through, like where you... you for the turkey yeah. giveaway, that one you 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 don't walk up to it. You need a drive through, right? Right. It is a drive through, and it'll start on Manchester, going east to Figueroa. Make that right on Fig. Go down to 90th. Make that right on 90th to Hoover, and get lined up early and come onto the park and drive through. Also, we will have on um, St. John's Mobile Unit there, giving um, COVID vaccination shots, flu shots. Um, so just want to come out and, and help as many of our folks as we can. And to your point uh, that United versus Hate Week and, all, you know, if you want to report a hate crime, like all the stuff we're talking about, L.A. versus Hate dot org is the website. L.A. V.S. Mm. Hate, H-A-T-E <laughs> dot O-R-G. <laughs> um, so, Brittany, you know, ha- talk to me about that. Um, how how can you be an artist and an activist at the same time? Uh, your bio says that uh, you um, specialize in impactful visual commentary uh, on, on current yes. events. As a black uh, woman, like how do you how do you meld those two together? I have that in my my bio because I I found out that just me being a black woman expressing myself is activism in itself. Um, I focus my work on both knowing my history as well as uh, having a center of love. And I found that love has been um, a source of activism um, and has been revolutional. And I feel like, especially for this campaign, the LA versus hate, what better anecdote than love? Yeah. Um, it's where we start. I think uh, Stevie Wonder said it, love's in need of love today. Reginald Johnson, yeah. what can we expect at this uh, Willowbrook Senior Center unveiling uh, Shindig Community Moment? I think what you could expect is people being happy about the transformation that's happening in the Willowbrook community. Mm. You know, for our organization, uh, what comes out of this and where we connect is that in 2020, we started a community visioning project and that community visioning project, helping the community figure out 
its own vision, its own goals, and how they wanted to look versus how decisions were being made in that community. It came out in the form of an arts and culture master plan that really requested arts and culture activities, specifically visual arts. You know, there's a mm. lot of areas in our community that have people's names, right? Martin Luther King Hospital, George Washington Carver, Magic Johnson Park, but there's no visual uh, pictures or, or images of none of these people, African-American men in our community, and we really wanted to change that to uplift the history and the resources that are being provided to our community right now. I love that when you reached out to the community, folks said, we want more art, we want more beauty, uh, we mm-hmm. want more representation of ourselves in that way. Talk to me about, um, you know, community impacts, uh, whether it's, you know, upgrading, you know, having a voice in the gentrification or something else that I'm not even tracking here, Stacey Williams. What do you hope the uh, community impact of, of this project would be? So uh, the, the community impact is the, to inspire people to stand up to, to hate, to, to build an understanding on, 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 on what um, constitutes hate, um, how we report it, how do we support um, each other um, in, in, and stand up in solidarity and, and call out what's not right, what's not fair, what's not equitable. And by bringing people together in these spaces, and as Reggie said, to uplift and beautify our community and not just say, oh, the colors are pretty, but, but what does this mean? How do we change the, the trauma that we experience um, every day as people in this community? And how do we address and resolve this together so that we are able to move forward and be successful and thrive um, with each other? And I think with um, LA versus Hate, you know, being a community-centered program um, is designed to to support everybody, all residents, and to to call out injustices um, where we see them. And I think by doing that, that is the impact that we will have to to move forward and and honor each other um, and respect each other and create new history, not forgetting our old history, but making it better for for everyone, especially um, our youth and our African-American community. Well, Stacey Hill-Williams, Reginald Johnson, uh, and of course, Brittany Price, thank you so much for letting us know uh, what's going on, and thanks for the great work that you guys are all doing. Thank you so much, Dominique. News, traffic, and sports. And then it's time to call me, 800-920-1580. It's a perfect moment. It's wide open for you. And we'll talk about what's going on. It's a lot going on. It's KBLA Talk 1580. She's reclaiming her time on KBLA Talk 1580. More First Things First with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. Thanks for waking up with Dominique DePrima on KBLA Talk 1580. Yeah, I do appreciate you. And uh, just by way of follow-up regarding the... Willowbrook event um, and the L.A. versus hate. If you want to report a hate crime, as much has been made of what's going on uh, as far as, you know, the tension. And again, I get to this thing of why, why are we, why is it okay for we black people to be constantly under attack? That's the default, not, not worthy of commentary. That said, if you are a victim of a hate crime, no matter what 
the reason behind it. You know, your sexual orientation, your ethnicity, your religion, how you, you know, how you look. Uh, you can call 211. There's a number there where you 211 for the county where you can actually report a hate crime, hate incident in LA County. Um, and if you want to be part, if you want to come to the uh, mural unveiling, which is part of the Summer of Solidarity, the last of five events, uh, you can do so. It is actually taking place at 11.30 a.m. on Saturday, 11.30 a.m. to 2.30 at the uh, Senior Center at 12915 Jarvis Avenue in Willowbrook. It is free. All are welcome. You definitely um can step into that space and celebrate solidarity, celebrate art, get a little uplift and a little love in your life. That's always good. Um, in the last hour of the show, I guess I didn't get to that. We will be having some great, great uh, guests. Actor Courtney Vance and Dr. Robin L. Smith will be joining me. Uh, they have a book out. It's called The Invisible Ache, Black Men Identifying Their Pain and Reclaiming Their Power. Uh, really timely, considering the intense psychic stress that a lot of us are experiencing due to what's happening on the world stage, due to our personal finances, whatever the drag is on our selves. Um, it seems to be just a lot for folks. Um, and so we'll be addressing that this Friday, this, uh, this day in our third hour. And of course, Friedman Friday's next hour. So that should be a robust, comprehensive uh, reparations conversation, which you are invited into. If you want to talk about something random, now's the time, 800-920-1580. The L.A. County Sheriff's Department um, reeling after four, well, it's really three current employees and one former employee died uh, by suicide within a 24-hour period. Uh, those deaths reported earlier this week. Um, and, of course, they're putting out the message that it's okay to say you're not okay. And, you know, we heard that a lot during the pandemic as a mantra, but it's, um, it's a hidden epidemic. And what I know from guests that I've had on this show, reading their, their books, their, uh, the research preparing for those shows is that it's particularly touching black people right now. And we, this is one area where we have not been the lead, you know, yes, the most attacked people by hate crimes, black people. You know, you start talking about high blood pressure, diabetes, but suicide has not been one of those areas. It, it's been an area where we are less impacted than other communities. Maybe because we're always, you know, fighting for our lives, right? Just for our existence, for respect um, in the context of this country. But recently, past Two or three years, we've seen it creeping up. Well, more than two or three years, because this was actually started before the pandemic. So it's got to be about four years by now. And particularly young black people, um, children as young as 10, um, 
boys and girls, although the jump has been more prevalent among young black men. And I say all this not to freak you out, not to make you sad, but because we got to pay attention to that. That means it's not just okay to say you're not okay. It's important to take folks seriously when they tell us that. And it doesn't necessarily mean rushing to fix them. That's one of the reasons why I'm great, grateful to have Dr. Robin and Courtney Vance on because they can be more specific about what it is you do when someone in your circle is not okay and how you can handle it for yourself. But what I've learned talking to so many doctors and authors and um, people suffering from mental health uh, crises is that the, the most important thing is to listen and offer support to say, is that so? Wow. Tell me more. Not, well, what's wrong with you? Well, listen, you should do this or you shouldn't do that. But just, I'm sorry. Well, what's going on? Well, how, you know, just to be that sounding board. Um, and also for us, those of us who are moms and dads, but also uncles, aunties, cousins, brothers, sisters, to pay attention. The old paradigm of suck it up and keep it moving um, is not, it doesn't work anymore. Man up, woman up, suck it up. Don't be a baby. Be strong, be tough, be a strong black woman. <laughs> be a hard young brother. That person might need some mental health help. They might need an, a listening ear. They might need a hug. They might need a, an affirmation. They might need a, a meal. They might need a, you know, walk on the beach or whatever that might be that could save a person's life. Suck it up. Keep it moving. Um, is not the answer anymore, if it ever was. Uh, according to the Sheriff's Department, nine current or former employees have died by suicide uh, this year to date. And according to ABC7, studies uh, show that across the country, more officers die from suicide than are killed in the line of duty. Um, that is something I did not know. Um, that's relatively new, I think. Uh, this data goes back to 2018. According to the FBI, in 2022, 118 officers died in the line of duty. Um, so far, it says the, the Sheriff's Department saying these suicides do not appear to be connected to each other as far as what they know, um, they're saying that they're just, it's just random that all four of these happen within such a short period. And they are relating it to staffing issues, saying they're short staffed. I mean, I don't know, I don't see any, um, any data here actually connecting those dots, but that's what um, that's what the department is saying, that they're short-staffed, that they're dealing with trauma every day. Um, yeah, you know, I think 
when we're suffering with a crisis, a mental health crisis, to the point of wanting to take our own lives, it probably goes beyond being short-staffed. I'm just guessing. Um, but it's, you know, it's a, just a, it's a terrible, I call it a silent um, threat because this is a situation that's, that's growing in particularly among the black community and we're just not talking about it that much. So you don't have to, but I think we do have to do a better job is, is checking on each other and taking each other's pain and challenges a little bit more seriously, you know? Um, yeah, that's, that's what I think. And, and, and getting normalizing, reaching out for help, whether it be the, you know, champions, uh, 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 health, mental health center, which is part of, a faithful central church. So it might be something counseling involved with the church or whether it be, you know, a support group or a trusted friend, just getting, getting some help, taking it a little bit more seriously. Well, the SAG after strike is apparently over. Looks like it's over. Um, Of course, the National Board has to approve that contract proposal and then the rank and file. Uh, the actors have to look at it, vote on it. But I would imagine that this particular contract will be ratified and will move forward. What's next? What does it mean? And what do we know so far? We'll look at that when we come forward and we'll take your phone calls when we when we continue, 800-920-1580, 800-920-1580. I'm Dominique DePrima. This is a place where we're amplifying black, progressive voices, outsider voices, insider voices, unusual conversation every single day. KBLA Talk 1580. A safe place to go loud. loud. A great place for progressive politics. KBLA Talk 1580. This is KBLA Talk 1580 where hate loses and love wins. Yes, indeed. This SAG after strike, I say, appears to be over because, as I mentioned, the National Board has to go over this. They have a Zoom call on Friday today. They ask questions. They kind of go through the contract point by point. If they reject it, it goes back to the negotiating table. I doubt that's going to happen. I seriously doubt it. This has been a long, hard strike. It was 118 days. I thought it was 120. I tacked a couple days on there. Um, And then after that, it will go to the actors. Uh, It's like 160,000 of us. We vote on that. Um, That will happen over a period of a couple weeks. And if the actors uh, approve the contract, then that is the actual end of the strike. However, um, we're free to go back to work now, those that have jobs. Uh, that's the problem. A lot of folks do not have jobs. That's the, the challenge of being an actor, um, you know, back to auditioning, back to work, if work is available to you because the strike is over pending approval. Now, if for some reason the actors or the national board voted no, then we'd be back on the picket lines. We'd be back to negotiations. And uh, that would be... That would be startling, though, because um, 
the Screen Actors Guild, the actors have never actually rejected a contract before, and this one appears to be way better than past contracts. Um, so production, you know, it, it takes a minute. You don't, you know, you got to ramp back up. You got to bring in your team, your, you know, get your scheduling, your script. Everything has to be um, put together pre-production. So it's not like, oh, yeah, we're just going to go back to work. And it depends on what decisions the studios have, have made. You know, even before the strike, there was all this talk about how, what is the profitability of streaming and what do these big corporations that own the streamers uh, like the Netflix and uh, primes of the world, what do they have to do to turn a profit, right? It's the same conversation we've had with a lot of internet startups, whether it's a a Lyft or an Uber or or an X, when does it become profitable and not just popular? So that conversation was already happening before the strike. Now you have the Writers Guild. Of course, the directors didn't have to go on strike. They got a deal. And then the actors go on strike. All of these unions um, standing in solidarity, which is part of what makes the deal possible. But I feel like studios have been saying, oh, we got to cut costs. We got to cut costs. Now they'll blame everything on the strike. But in reality, it is a natural part of the business, contraction, expansion, contraction, expansion, especially for these tech companies that aren't even really traditional entertainment industries. They're tech companies. That's what they are. What is, you know, they're streamers. Um, And so they've got to, they look at their business model a little differently. Uh, They're saying, they're all warning, there will be less production, there will be less work. We knew that was going to happen anyway, though, before the strike. So to me, it's even more important that we got a decent deal because if there's going to be less work, you need to be paid decently for it. And particularly, you need to participate in the profit after that initial production is over and you're back to auditioning. Uh -uh. So even, you know, even though we may hear a different line on this, I think this is one of those talking point moments where the truth of the matter is they were going to contract strike or no strike because Wall Street is demanding that profitability, right? And that's just the, that's the capitalist model. But now at least the contraction will come with decent wages for those who are getting the jobs and better uh, residuals for those who are landing those spots. So that's good news. Um, And I think it's important for us to hold on to that understanding. Perfect time to call me, like always, you know, 800-920-1580, A lot of celebrating going on uh, in this town right now, though, because this is a big, big moment and definitely a win. What do we know about the win? I'll share when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580. The station you turn to when you had it up to gear with cultural incompetence. KBLA Talk 1580. Hey, Dad. Find a righteous range and don't be afraid to say what you see for KBLA Talk 1580. And I do um, absolutely join uh, in the celebration around this historic moment, this deal for SAG-AFTRA. Of course, it's not perfect. We talked about that yesterday, how um, the... um, Actors did not win a percentage of streaming, but there are so many other wins here. 
Um, the percentage of streaming, of course, you know, the, the studio said that was uh, a non-starter. And they stood by that. Doesn't mean we won't get it in a future deal. Um, but the new contract is worth more than a billion dollars in new wages and benefit plan funding. So that's a huge, huge deal. Um, there, there's also something we've never had, which is a streaming participation bonus. I think that was the substitute for that equity stake in streaming revenue, a bonus based on those projects that, um, you know, do better. Uh, so it's a start, okay? It's a kind of participation. It's not a percentage. It's not equity, um, but it is a start. There's also um, minimum compensation increases. So what, what they call the SAG minimum, what you'd get for a day of work, no matter who you are, you got a day of work, you're a Screen Actors Guild member, SAG after member, you, there's, a, there's a floor for that. And then, you know, as you make more money going along, they call that your quote, and so each time you work, it's based on what you made last time and you build from there, but you build from a, a basement, which is the minimum. So that is super helpful because many actors, the ones that aren't famous, they're going to be working for those SAG minimums most of the time. Um, and then of course, for the first time ever, this is super historic and it's something to build from. It means there are going to be rules around artificial intelli intelligence, some consent rules about when you can and cannot duplicate a person's essence, right? What God, literally what God gave us and some compensation guidelines about what you have to give me or Miles, you know, or Courtney Vance, if you use artificial intelligence to duplicate us, to artistically clone us. Um, there's also a raised caps for pension and health uh, care that means those actors will be better taken care of. Those that are able to reach the benchmark uh, of retirement under SAG-AFTRA, which, you know, many will not because you have to work to a certain point for a certain number of years. And then I can't wait to hear about this because they haven't elaborated on it, but apparently there are protections for diversity. Can't wait to see what that looks like when we get the details of this contract. It's a Freedman Friday. Get ready to talk reparations with attorney Nkichi Taifa. That's next on KBLA Talk 1580.